I think Coach Bud got to be concerned with their energy level. Other than the first quarter of game one, they've been kind of flatlined. They're not playing with great energy and, 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 and intensity. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. You know, last night as the show wrapped up, we were talking about 420, and I said, hey, if you're celebrating, you know, have a good holiday, enjoy. As I was watching last night, we had three playoff games. We had the Sixers and the Raptors, the Nets and the Celtics, and then the late game was the Bulls at the Bucks for game two. What I realized throughout the night, I'm like, this is an incredible night of 420 entertainment. Like, yeah, the NBA's great. I'll watch the NBA anytime, anywhere, in any form. But last night was especially awesome. It was the Peyton Pritchard game. I mean, he had 10 points. It was really the Jalen Brown game. He had 22. But Peyton Pritchard had 10 points, and it was the most electric 10 points you'll ever get. And you're watching this dude from, he looks like he's from Kadat. He's got a buzz cut, and he's getting buckets. You're like, what the heck? And then at one point last night, I'm watching, I think it was halftime of the Celtics and the Nets game. Charles Barkley says, Coach Adoki about Coach Ime Udoka. I'm sitting there like, oh my God. And then if that wasn't good enough, if that wasn't the perfect slate of 420 entertainment, then you had Gus Johnson on TNT. It's like, this is this is sensory overload. It was, it was too much last night. The Bucks did lose, and that sucks for a bunch of reasons we'll talk about. And obviously we're going to talk about this game in depth tonight. But the silver lining is that the Nets in the Celtics series has been so good. And Joel Embiid hit a buzzer beater last night that was so crazy. Bucks loss is kind of flying under the radar. So if you watch SportsCenter or you listen to one of your favorite podcasts, favorite radio shows nationally, the Bucks probably weren't getting hammered today because everyone was talking about other games. So we're flying under the radar for now. But if the Bucks keep losing, we're going to we're gonna be more out in the open. So Bucks, please get a nice win on Friday and maybe get on Sunday. We'll be in a better spot. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having a solid day. I was I was bothered last night by the Bucks more than I've been in a while. You know, the Packers lose, and I'll be ticked, and then I'll wake up the next day, and I'm ticked. I don't really do that with the Bucks. I don't really do that with the Brewers. Even in the first round of the playoffs, I've never really felt the way I felt about the Bucks last night, at least not since the bubble, and that was so long ago. Who's even to say? I was just a child. I was so immature watching Coach Bud keep Wesley Matthews parked on the bench, even though he could have played a role in that series, but I digress. I was frustrated last night. Woke up this morning pissed off. Got to go to the YMCA, get a workout in, even though I don't want to. The Bucks let me down last night. So frustrated, annoyed. So I think I would describe how I feel about this game, and we're going to talk about it plenty. We're going to talk a little NFL towards the end of the show, but a lot of NBA today, very NBA-heavy very Bucks heavy. I'd love to have you here as a part of it. So you can give me a call or a text anytime. 608-796-2558 on the talk and text line. Find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Ooh, a uh, good reminder. Ben Kenny going to be here at five o'clock. He ho- co-hosts Kenny and Heilprin, which will be back tonight at six. You hear him on the Thrill Michaels show every day from 10 to two as well. So Ben's going to be here at five. We're going to talk about a bunch of different things. I'm really excited for that. I didn't expect the Bucks to lose last night. I figured that the Bulls and the Nets would just kind of lay down after close losses in game ones on Sunday. 
Now, the Nets kind of fell apart and lost down the stretch to Boston, but the Bulls did not lay down. They played quite well, and the Bucks should have been able to play better and still win, but they did not. It just annoys me. I feel fine about the Bucks as long as Chris is okay long-term. If he's able to come back in three, three and a half weeks, four weeks, I think they'll be fine. I'm not going to freak out about that. I'm, I'm just annoyed. I was ready to go to bed last night, happy as a clam, wake up, talk about a resounding win tonight, but no. I do think the Bucks are fine. I could be wrong, but I'm feeling all right. And because I feel all right, I'm not letting this loss throw tonight's show out of whack, which means we are going to start as we normally do, as the Lord intends that we do every Thursday with the NBA Lounge. If you're not familiar with this fantastic segment, it really transcends a segment. It's it's an attitude. It's a lifestyle. We begin every Thursday show by talking NBA. Not just the Bucks, but whatever's going on in the association. And to class it up a little bit, we throw on some music. I got my coffee today. I microwaved it about 10 minutes ago. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's a ticket. All right. In some NBA lounges, I like to bounce around, talk about individual teams. Oh, the Miami Heat. You see what they did the other night? Jimmy Butler. Wow, that was nuts. You see the Blazers? Wow, see that trade they made? They gave away Norman Powell for nothing, right? We bounced around team to team. Today, I want to talk about trends. I want to talk about themes. Things that we're seeing through a couple of games of the first round of the NBA playoffs. And I think by doing that, it'll help us grasp the full playoff picture. And when we better grasp what's going on in the playoffs, I think we can better grasp the Bucks' chances. Because the Bucks are a part of this mess, right? They are one cog in this big machine. And if we can understand the big machine, then maybe we understand the cog and how that cog works just a little bit better. One big theme of the week, injuries. We got to talk about that. A lot of injuries to players that are crucial to their team's title chances. The Suns are going to be without Devin Booker for three or four weeks. That's not great. Thought maybe that would be a game or two thing. No, that's going to take some time. Luka is a game time decision tonight versus the Jazz. Although I've seen Woj tweet a hundred times today about how there's pessimism surrounding his return. So I don't, I don't know what that means. The Bucks are now without Middleton and Portis, although I think Portis will play on Friday. Toronto's been without Scotty Barnes. Gary Trent's been sick. Atlanta, for what it's worth, they're without Clint Capella. They're not going to win that series either way, but maybe they'd have a better chance winning a game if they had Clint Capella out there. Seth Curry for Brooklyn already wasn't 100%. Boston was already without Time Lord, Robert Williams, and Denver's been without Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray since, I don't know, since forever. Can't even remember a time where they were playing. Last time they played was in the bubble. All of these injuries change the calculus of the playoffs and how we feel about certain teams and their chances of advancing and contending. Look at Boston. Don't they seem to be in the catbird seat right now? Up 2-0. The Bucks are dealing with injuries. Philly's playing in Canada, kind of out of sight, out of mind. Miami's playing really well, but can Jimmy Butler keep that up? They're kind of tucked out of sight, out of mind against Atlanta. Boston seems to be in a great spot. And in the West, Golden State all of a sudden is good again. Jordan Poole's the best basketball player to ever step on the floor. Phoenix is getting hurt. Denver stinks already. Memphis is in a war with the Wolves. All these injuries change the calculus. If we had a big equation on a chalkboard and we had a a preconceived notion. We we thought we knew the value numerically of this team and that team and that team, and we had it all figured out. Well, now you throw in some variables. This injury, this injury. So we got to take the eraser, adjust this, move this around. It changes things. It changes the calculus. Big theme this week, injuries. And I hope we're done with injuries. I hope this is it. Some of these guys are going to be able to come back. Nobody's out indefinitely. 
but there really isn't a single team out there that's not dealing with some type of injury right now. Another theme is writing about this today. Course corrections. That's what I've noticed, especially the last two days or so. Teams reminding us, oh yeah, they they are really good. There's a reason why that team is a one seed, a two seed, a three seed. Because I think it's it's our nature as sports fans going into the playoffs. We want to be that guy that says, ah, that team's the one seed, but they're overrated. You know, casuals might might buy into that team, but I I don't. I'm smarter than everyone else. And the one seed, they're they're no good. They're overrated. That's that's natural. We all want to do that. We all want to find the flaw in that perfect team. We want to be able to look at the one seed in each conference every year and say, mm-mm, nope. We want to be able to look at the super team and say, well, their chemistry is no good. That, that's what we want to do, right? And I think coming into the playoffs and through the first round of games, we really started to ask some questions about some of these teams that have been as close to a given all season long as you could find. Like Memphis, Saturday night, Memphis looks a little rusty. Ja hasn't played in a while. And Minnesota played a great game. And after that game, I'm texting two of my best buddies who I always talk about the NBA with. And I'm saying, uh, is Memphis is, is Memphis not that good? Is Memphis just a regular season team? Do they have too many guys? I think they have too many guys. Too many good guys, not enough great guys. And geez, maybe Anthony Edwards is LeBron. Maybe at 20 years old, he's going to do this. And maybe Cat isn't a total baby. Oh, yeah. And then last night, the Grizzlies win game two by 28 right? And Cat had a terrible game. It's like, oh, there's the Wolves. We know. There's the, the, the reminder that Anthony Edwards is only 20 years old, and there's the reminder that the Grizzlies are really good. Course correction, right? Miami. Now, I know Miami hasn't lost a game this postseason, but I've had my doubts about Miami. I still do. Their offense is predictable. Tyler Hero is their best shot creator, and I don't love that if you're trying to win a title. It's not anti-Tyler Hero. It's just need a little more, need a little more oomph, right? And then this week, as I'm watching Hawks Heat, I'm reminded, oh, yeah, Miami maybe has limitations, but it's not going to matter against Atlanta. Atlanta takes worse shots in the clutch than any team I've ever watched. Atlanta made it really close the other night. I'm looking at the play-by-play. Atlanta pulled within 104-101. And then if you look at the next couple of possessions, it's Trey Young, 28-foot three-point jumper. Bogdan Bogdanovich, 27-foot three-point jumper, right? Bogdan Bogdanovich, 26-foot three-point jumper. It's just heaves. It's runners. It's off-balance shots. It's They get into crunch time, and they take the worst shots. It's like, I know Trey Young can hit hard shots, but he doesn't need to only take hard shots, right? And I just, I just think no matter the limitations of Miami, and I believe they have limitations, you might disagree, it's not going to matter this round. Maybe next round, but not this round. Philly. Philly's another team that, at least for me, is proven proven to have a little bit of a course correction this week. Because I thought last week when we previewed the first round in our big playoff preview NBA lounge, I said, I think Toronto will give Philly a little bit of a run based on vibes and vibes only. You can go back and listen to the podcast. I said, this is a vibes pick. Philly just always seems to get in these series against plucky up-and-coming teams that are difficult matchups, the team that nobody wants to play, and... Toronto felt like that team. And to be fair to Toronto, if Gary Trent Jr. doesn't get sick, Scotty Barnes stays healthy, maybe this goes differently. I don't know. But this series has been a house of horrors for Toronto. A house of horrors, as the the Canadians would say, in Toronto. And then Embiid just hitting a ridiculous buzzer beater last night to just drive the nail home. I was hoping Toronto would win that game and at least make that side of the bracket interesting. But Miami's running away with it. Philly's running away with it. 
Let's just sim to the second round on that side of the bracket. We'll talk about the other side. Another trend I want to talk about, and the Bucks are guilty of this. Guilty of it in game one, guilty of it last night. Taking their foot off the gas. Did the Bucks want a rebound last night? This is a genuine question. Do they have any interest in pulling down rebounds? Because it didn't look like it. Not just at the end when it was a one-possession game and they had a chance to get the ball back and score, to tie it up, to take the lead, to go to overtime, whatever. When the game was on the line, they didn't appear all that interested in rebounding. And the Bulls did. And be fair to the Bulls, they were down 0-1. You can't fake desperation. Humans can't fake desperation. So I get it. The Bulls were the hungrier team last night. They were trailing in the series, but shouldn't have been that much hungrier. The Bucks are that much better. Hunger only matters to a degree, right? Desperation only matters to a degree. The Bucks just didn't have enough oomph last night. A lot of lazy threes, a lot of bad turnovers, bad turnovers, especially at the start of the game. Drew Holiday was bad again. Bucks taking their foot off the gas a little bit. Phoenix was doing it too the other night against New Orleans. And I get Brandon Ingram was nuts, and that's awesome. That's great for the league. That's great for New Orleans. That's just great for the product of basketball, right? Ingram was nuts, but Phoenix was sloppy. New Orleans had 16 fast break points. Seven more than Phoenix had, because Phoenix was a little lazy getting back on the break. Their transition defense wasn't buttoned up. They were having a lot of communication issues on whose guy was whose guy, and it was just a little sloppy and sleepy. And maybe the Suns and the Bucks are so confident in themselves, they have reason to be. He just didn't really feel like showing up 100% the other night in the case of the Suns, or last night in the case of the Bucks. But still... And then there's teams like Atlanta. I'm so disappointed in Atlanta because they should be such a fun NBA team. And they're not. And they have this sense of entitlement that I just don't, I I don't know where it comes from. Well, you know, we don't try before the playoffs. You know, we don't get up unless it's a big game. Okay. Look at you guys. Where'd that sense of entitlement come from? Well, what's that rooted in? You see all the Jimmy Butler dunks last night or the night before? They all start to run together. Jimmy Butler is not that type of player. He's not Giannis, where he's going to beat you to the hole and take it to the tin every other play. He wants to get to his spots, hit his mid-range jumpers, fade away, finesse game, get to the free throw line. And yet he's rim running all night. Dunk, dunk, steal in transition, dunk. That's because Atlanta was lazy passing the ball. They weren't engaged playing transition defense. They weren't sound in their assignments. And I don't really know where that sloppiness comes from, that sense of entitlement comes from. At least I get it with the Bucks and the Suns. Sure, I get that. I don't get it with Atlanta. I'm ready to be done with the Hawks. They're really disappointing. And it sucks. The Pelicans are everything that the Hawks should be. They got their foot to the pe- they got their foot down on the pedal all the way. They're running. They're playing hard. They're an up-and-coming team that's hungry. I don't know why the Hawks aren't the same way. The Hawks should be that way. Now, before we move on, we're going to talk about the Bucks and the Bulls. We're really going to focus in on last night's game, obviously. Our team, the Bucks. Before we take a break, I just want to point something out. And I, I kind of want to pat myself on the back for this. Um, I could easily make this about Aaron Rodgers today. <laughs> it would fit the bit of the show. It would fit my MO of sometimes taking shots at Rodgers for the sake of being entertaining and fun. He was, he, was on the, he was on the court last night. He was courtside, right? And I, I could say how he's a jinx, you know, can't win in the playoffs. And you're missing team activities, but you beat Milwaukee for a Bucks game. I could say all those things, and I'm not. I'm not even going to make jokes. So I just, please, I want credit for that. Remember that. You're welcome for that. Let's take a break. We're going to come back. Talk about what happened in the Bucks game last night. I wish I had a definitive take for you. You should feel great about the Bucks. Here's why. You should feel worried about the Bucks. Here's why. I don't really have a definitive take. 
but we can start to parse through what happened last night and maybe come to some conclusions today together. More of the Wisco Sports Show talking Bucks Bulls game two coming back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you're having an excellent day. More NBA games tonight. The Brewers are off. So if you really want to dial in on basketball, you can. And if you're all basketballed out, especially after the Bucks losing last night, we'll take the night off. You deserve it. Don't watch any sports tonight. That's fine. We'll catch back up tomorrow. Text and call if you'd like. 608-796-2558. Twitter at Wisco Grant. We just stepped out of the NBA lounge talking about some themes and trends from the first couple of days. A lot of injuries, a couple course corrections, right? Maybe we thought, ah, the Wolves, it's their time. Maybe the Grizzlies, a little overrated. Ah, no, not the case. (laughs) Miami, much better than Atlanta. Let's not overcomplicate that. Philly, much better than Toronto, especially with the injuries that are in play. So let's not overcomplicate that as well. Let's start to focus in a little bit on the Bucks and the Bulls. I don't think in the grand scheme of things, this game will end up meaning a whole lot. I think the Bucs will still win the series. I think Chris Middleton will at some point come back and be healthy, and I think it will all be okay. Maybe not. Maybe not. But I think things will be okay. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't valuable, useful, educational things that we can pull from last night's game, a game that the Bucs lost 114-110 to at Pfizer Forum. The next game will be Friday night and then Sunday at lunchtime. Let's talk to Mike in Windsor. 608-796-2558. What's up, Mike? What's up, man? How are you? I am, I, you know what? I'm very, very good. I would be perfect if the Bucks just would have won last night. I expected them to win. I kind of had the show all mapped out in my head, and then they went and lost. So I had to kind of change it. I uh, come on the show and say the Bulls were going to make it out of a first-round series, and they beat the Bucks at home. Oh, man. I, didn't, I don't really know how to feel about it right now. I'm... I'm a Bulls fan. You know I'm a Bulls fan. So I, uh, I'm i a little nervous for the Bucks. Not going to lie to you. I know you aren't, but uh, I am just because they lost. You know, they, they have, now they have the injury. Yeah. And we don't know how, we don't know how long exactly he's going to be out. Plus, you got to take into consideration that you got two games at the United Center, and the United Center is rowdy right now. Yeah, and the, the thing about the United Center, and, and this is always a good reminder in the NBA playoffs, role players play better at home, right? So, and by the way, Colby White's shot the ball pretty well, and Patrick Williams has played well. So the Bulls role players have played good to begin with. They'll probably yes, play sir. even better at the United Center, and it's not like the Bucks role players have been great. Pat's been a no-show. Grayson Allen's gave you a little bit here and there. Wes Matthews is pretty good last night, but as you shift to the United Center now, not only do you have to worry about DeRozan, Levine, and Vooch, but those role players become more of a factor too. Yeah, you got to worry about these next two games for sure. I mean, if the Bucks want, you know, to lock the series up, they need to win the next two. Mm, uh, I think if the Bucks split in Chicago, I'll feel fine coming back in Game Five. But then, you, but then you're put into this. This very stressful game five, a two-two tie, game five. <laughs> There's, it's the only thing better is game seven, right? The stakes are really high. I don't love the thought of that, um, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm concerned about the Bucks, but not concerned for them losing the series. Does that make sense? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand that logic 100%. Is DeRozan good in the playoffs now, by the way? What the hell is this? What was that last night? That was incredible. You know, he's so unique, and we talked about this, what, a month ago. The 12-foot jump shot, it just – i it's some, there's something to be said about a guy that plays with that much intensity, that can shoot that good of a jump shot mid-range, um, and just – you know, he doesn't shoot any threes, and that, you know, people will knock on him so much because, you know, what was that so many years ago in San Antonio? Everyone was talking about him. Yeah, he's a great high intensity, but he doesn't shoot threes. Well, I mean, look at him now. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, and he really wanted to go to LA, too. That was the thing. And LA didn't want him. And now he's in Chicago, and he's just tearing it up. And uh, I love to see him, man. He's, he's playing so well. And he's just a good. He's just a good dude. So, I mean, it's just it's fun to watch him play good. I don't like how Toronto did him dirty. That was a bummer. It sucks when a small town or a small market, Toronto's not a small town, but like a lesser market franchise has a star player that they love, that player loves them. It sucks when a divorce has to happen there, and they kind of traded him out of nowhere to get Kawhi Leonard. And oh, yeah. It ultimately worked, but... I mean, DeMar DeRozan, for the most part, has played for rivals of the Bucks. He's played for the Raptors and now the Bulls, so... I have an angst towards him for that reason, but he is a fun player. I like players that can just cut you up in the mid-range. Chris Middleton does a little bit of that, too. Middleton does some other things that DeRozan can't, but I like a player that's a little different, a little old school in the mid-range. I agree. I agree. Middleton's fantastic in that mid-range as well. So, I mean, I I, I just really like watching that kind of basketball, and I like that the I like that the Bulls are a little old school on that part. So... Yeah, uh, they don't. You know, they don't take many threes, so it's it's fun to watch. And I think the Bucks are definitely going to have some games in fight to win that series. So, yeah, I think so too. You cut out there for a sec, Mike. I'm going to let you go. I want to talk a little bit more about this injury and Demar Derozan as well. I appreciate you giving me a ring and good luck to your Bulls this weekend. Enjoy the games. Yeah, enjoy the game as well. Enjoy the beautiful weather too. Yes, Mike in Windsor. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Six zero eight. Seven nine six two five five eight. Chris Middleton's not going to be back in this series. If it's a mild MCL sprain, three, four weeks. So the rest of this round, maybe the beginning of the next round. But if Boston advances, and it looks like they will, um, and I thought Boston was going to win this series all along. I don't say that to brag. I just, Boston's really good. And Brooklyn is okay with some really good players. But you see how hard Boston is making life for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Boston's going to advance Milwaukee, if they are able to beat the Bulls, as they should, will have to go to Boston for the first two games. So if Chris Middleton misses game one or two, it's like, okay, well, they're playing in Boston. Those games aren't um, wins, technically, for the Bucks, anyways. Those aren't games that the Bucks are expected to win. That's the Chris Middleton situation. I think even more concerning is the Bucks are seemingly going through the motions just a little bit. And Mike mentioned that the Bulls don't shoot threes, and they're a little bit more old school, and that's great. And I agree that that's good to a degree, the Bucs haven't been putting up a lot of points, and the Bucs have been turning the ball over a lot. So these games have been lower scoring, right? The other game was, what, 93-86, something like that? It was in the 80s and the 90s. And then this game was wrapping up 114-110, about 110 points in there. You don't need to hit a lot of threes to compete when the score is like that. And the Bucs are letting this game stay tight. They're letting these games stay low scoring. They're not forcing Chicago to put up a bunch of points, Right, force Chicago to need to make threes because you can hit a lot of mid-range jumpers. 
and you can hit little floaters, and that's great. But over the course of four quarters, if you're going up against a team with some three-point firepower, as the Bucks are supposed to have, a bunch of inefficient mid-range jumpers aren't going to get the job done. Now, if the final score floats around 90 and quality can become a lot more important, like the quality of shot, like getting tough two-point buckets to close a game out, sure. But when you don't need the quantity, the three-point shots, life becomes a little bit easier for the Bulls, and the Bucks are allowing it to stay that way. They just don't look engaged. They don't look like they're going full tilt, and that's something that's going to need to change. Giannis said after the game last night, like, we need to have energy, we need to play hard and have fun, or I don't really know what we're doing here. If we don't score for six minutes straight, it doesn't matter. We keep defending, we keep figuring something out, you know, we keep adapting, and uh, eventually we're going to score the ball. You know, we should not feel uptight. You know, sometimes that's what I feel like we feel out there. Got to keep enjoying. We got to enjoy the game as much as possible. Like game three, game four, no matter who plays or who don't play, it doesn't matter. We got to go out there and enjoy the game. And if we lose, we lose. If we win, we win. Great, you know. But uh, if we're not going to enjoy the game, we should stay home. It looks like they're going through the motions, and that's got to suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's got to stink to play in a basketball game where you're going to sprint around all the time, play hard defense on guys, you can get buckets. If you're not bought in, if you're not enjoying it, and if you're just out there going through the motions, then it's going to suck. That's this show sometimes when I come into work. If I don't have a topic that I'm amped about and that I've researched and I'm excited to talk about and I'm going through the motions, it's tough. It's hard work because I got to sit here and talk for two straight hours. It's hard. It becomes very laborious. It looked hard. It looked tough for the Bucks last night. It didn't look like they were having fun. Let's talk to Hector in Onalaska, 608-796-2558. What's up, Hector? Hey, um, just wanted to... Chime in a little kind of going off of what you were saying in the lounge too with like the trends and everything and i like to uh, i couldn't think of anything besides this but the that famous russell westbrook moment where the reporter asked him did you win this game or did they or did you lose this game and or did they win it kind of a thing i feel like that's how it's going with a boston and um and brooklyn series because Brooklyn's doing their thing. You know, they're putting up the points. They get ahead, and then they just shoot themselves in the foot. So, although I do think Boston is going to advance, I don't – I think that that series is a lot less from over than any other one that they have going on now. Um, Maybe that's just me. I'm a big Kyrie Irving fan, but – Yeah. The other thing with the Bucks and Bulls, not just – I'm impartial because – don't boo me, but I'm a Clippers fan. I was <laughs> born and raised out in Cali. That's fine. And uh, I didn't want to follow the herd and be a Laker fan, but I've been a very disappointed Clippers fan for a while. So with the uh, Bucks and Bulls, the Bucks had eight points off the bench yesterday. Yeah. They didn't have any of the role players doing anything at all. So I think if they can get their role players going and – the 15 turnovers plus what, what was it 21 in the first game yeah. um i think the series isn't going to be as close as uh the previous chicago fan um says that it's going to be but that's just me yeah thanks actor by the way i really like the lob city clippers that was a team that i really enjoyed watching before the bucks got good and i needed to watch other teams to kind of enjoy basketball like i love the lob city clippers that was a team that i really enjoyed watching Agreed. Yeah, the the game that I was actually at the game where Blake Griffin posterized Pau Gasol twice in a row, oh. um, and uh, I actually got a 
my jersey signed by Chris Paul, and then my ex-girlfriend threw it in the dumpster when we broke up. Oh, that's just, that's, that's, yeah. not, that's not cool. What's her deal? Come on, not the jersey. Yeah, she, it, yeah, it, was, it wasn't good. I don't like to talk about it. But, yeah, I was at that game, and I've never had any kind of, like, fan moment more than watching Blake just destroy Pau Gasol. Oh, that was good stuff. I love A disgusting that. act. <laughs> yeah, a disgusting act. That is good stuff. Thanks for the call, Hector. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Yeah, have a good that night. That is a disgusting act. Uh, two things that Hector mentioned. Schmidt on the north side is with you, Hector. Uh, not all the way north on Alaska, but part of the ways. He says Drew's turnovers have been terrible. Needs to be talked about more. More like you, Holiday. Right? Yeah, Drew's been bad. It's not even that Drew needs to put up gaudy scoring numbers. He just needs to get it together a little bit. Schmidt on the north side also says, and Pat is one for 13 from three in this series. That's the worrying part, is the Bucks role players haven't been great. Now, last night, the bench was bad because Bobby Portis got hurt. The role players haven't been great. Role players don't play better on the road, right? So I don't have a ton of reason to believe, oh, well, when we get to Chicago on Friday, then Pat will start hitting threes. You know what I mean? That's when I start to worry more about Javante Green and Derek Jones Jr. and Colby White and even Patrick Williams, who's a starter, but more of a, a role player role on his team. That's what worries me. I think Drew can get it under control. I'm not waiting for Milwaukee's role players to all of a sudden rise up and win games this weekend. Not in the United Center. Let's take a break. We'll talk more about this next. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show. My name is Grant Bills. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Text and call if you'd like. 608-796-2558. We heard from Mike in Windsor. Schmidt on the north side. Hector in on Alaska. We're talking Bucks Bulls. If you're like, this sucks. I want to talk about something else. Well, Ben Kenny is going to be here at 5 o'clock. We're going to preview tonight's installment of Kenny and Heilprint. Zach has done some fabulous reporting on spring ball. Now, I don't want to talk a lot about spring ball. We're going to talk a little bit. Uh, We're also going to talk about the transfer portal because I am fascinated by this whole ordeal. Jay Wright is retiring from Nova, and a lot of people are like, he doesn't. It's the transfers. The transfer portal is burning out coaches. Maybe. I'm just fascinated by the whole thing. So we're going to talk about that with Ben Kenny. Kenny and Heilprin coming up in about an hour and 19 minutes, to be exact. We'll start at 6 all across this network. They're going to talk about some of those things. Uh, one of the best friends of our show, uh, and of course, that's Zach Heilprin. We need to find a reason to get Zach on. With this Wisconsin Sports Zone Network update, I'm Zach Heilprin. Twitter, at Wisco Grant, like I said. The phone number, 608-796-2558. I have a feeling that some of you have been underwhelmed with this show so far. The NBA Lounge is fun. We heard from some callers, talked about last night's game, and, and that's fun. But if I were you, if I was tuning into the Wisco Sports Show and it was hosted by uh, Boob McGee or what, I don't know, who pick a name. If I was an audience member listening to somebody else, I, by 441, would want to hear a take. Like, all right, let's lay it out on the table. Are you worried about the Bucks or not? Like, come on, give me, give me something to work with. It's not, I don't know, I think they'll be fine. Play your flag a little bit. Okay. I'm not feeling any grand declarations today. I don't know. I, just, I need to see a little bit more. 
I want to see how Friday's game goes. And then depending on how Friday's game goes, if it's another close game that's snuck out either way, then I need to see Sunday's game. If we're coming back on Monday and the series is tied 2-2, two to two, interesting. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be something. But if the Bucks are up 3-1, I, I don't want to look back and think, you know what, I, I really wish we wouldn't have got all bent out of shape last Thursday. That was kind of a waste. You know what I mean? I need to see a little bit more. So, in the spirit of wanting to be decisive and wanting to have a take, even though I don't, I came up with this idea. The first half of the segment, I am going to make the case that the Bucks are finals bound. All right? This team is fine. They're better than fine, in fact. I feel great about them. Right? And then halfway through, I'm going to switch it up, and I'm going to argue that the Bucks are done. Toast. Screwed. Right? And in the process, maybe we'll uh, find, uh, find some things, find some takes that resonate with us and really stick. Who knows? All right, so we're going to start this segment over, and I'm going to say it as if I am claiming that the Bucks are 100% going to the finals. Here we go. I'm going to music to be official. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. Appreciate it. 608-796-2558. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Of course, we're talking Bucks Bulls last night. Bucks lose 114-110. Advisor form Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb, sitting courtside, which I thought was appropriate. I thought it was appropriate Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb were there sitting courtside. It's members of the Packers in the audience as well, in the suites, the upper levels. right? I thought it was appropriate that, that they were there because the Bulls have hope at this point in the series. Tied 1-1, just like the Bears had hope in 2011 before the Packers waltzed into Soldier Field twice in must-win situations, one in the regular season and one in the NFC title game en route to winning a Super Bowl. Bears had hope that year. The Bears had hope in 2013 before Randall Cobb walked it off after John Kuhn laid the wood on Julius Peppers, right? Chicago's had hope before. This is nothing new. Chicago, by the way, a crime-riddled city, by the way. They don't have a prayer in this series. Hell no. Bucks are fine. I mean, look at this. Look at some of these numbers, right? Chicago shot 48% from the three-point line. Got 41% from DeMar DeRozan. 41 points, not 41%. That's not going to happen again. They're not going to shoot 48% from three. They're not even that good at shooting three-pointers. DeMar DeRozan is DeMar DeFrozen as an ice cold in the playoffs. Normally, he's not scoring 41 again. Those things aren't going to happen again. Bucks had 15 turnovers, fell into a huge deficit early on, and then their second-best player gets hurt, and then their best bench player get hurt. And all those things considered, the Bulls only won by four. All right, 114-110. Bucks will be fine. Bucks will be fine. This is one big joke pissed that we have to even talk about it. That's how much of a joke this is. Sure, Chris is hurt, but Milwaukee's dealt with this before. Giannis, after the game last night, talked about it. Hey, I missed time last year. I, I, I get what he must be feeling. I get what he's going through. Stuff of, I know that feeling. Uh, you really don't want to listen to nobody. You don't want to talk to nobody uh, because you really don't know what it is. You don't, you don't, till tomorrow, you're thinking, uh, you're expecting the worst. Hope for the best. But at the end of the day, he knows that we are by his side. And I don't need to say it in the media. Like, he knows that he's my brother no matter what. Like, we need him to win. And we're going to pray. I'm going to pray. We're going to pray for the best. And hopefully it's not too bad. He can uh, join us soon because we, we need him. Bucks did it last year without Giannis in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Hawks, who were red hot. You don't think the Bucks can advance without Chris Middleton for a half dozen games? Get out of here. Get out of here. Bucks are fine. Bucks are better than fine. Bucks are Bucks title odds, in fact, should be going up. Should be getting higher. We should like their chances more to win the finals. All right? Bucks have championship medal, baby. They know what to do when things get tough. I, tr- I trust my teammates. You know, they know they know what the deal is. They know what they gotta do. You know, uh, Chris is down now, but then they know what they have to do. 
I'm actually glad the Bulls won last night. Right? little adversity. That's good. Keep the fellas engaged. Keep them locked in. Celtics are going to peak too early. Celtics are going to win this series in four or five. Then they're going to go fat and happy waiting for the second round to start. Bucks are going to become locked in, pissed off, full of piss and vinegar. Celtics are not going to know what hit them. Be flat-footed when the Bucks get to town. Yeah. I'm actually glad the Bucks lost last night. It's a good thing. Bucks are fine. Bucks are going to win the title. Scene. Was that believable? Did you buy into that? Did you vibe with what I was saying? Did any of that land with you? You're like, yeah, the Bucks are going to win it all. Did that make sense? Did you feel that? Todd texts in and says, as much as I hate to say it, I'm worried the Bucks won't get past the Bulls. If they do, I doubt they stand a chance against either the Nets or Boston. Just no fire in them. Well, let's talk more about that. Why don't we attack this from the other side? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this segment over here, and then we're going to talk about uh, why the Bucks are screwed after last night. So, Todd, this will probably be the segment that you prefer more. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Ben Kenny coming up at 5 o'clock. Can talk a little Badgers, preview Kenny and Heilbrunn, talk about the transfer portal, which I find fascinating. Right now... We're talking about the Bucks losing last night, 114 to 110, losing a home game. Chris Middleton gets hurt. Not good. I do not feel good about the Bucks. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb sitting courtside last night, which I thought was appropriate. All right, those two have only known high postseason expectations, followed shortly thereafter by postseason failure. I just thought it was too appropriate. It was too on the nose, and I, I know it's only one game, but I don't know how that game doesn't concern you last night, folks. I don't know how you watch that game with a straight face and tell me that this is a championship team. I don't know how you watch the Bucks fall flat on their face, turn the ball over 10 straight times to start the game, fall behind 9 to nothing, fall down almost 20 in the third quarter. I don't know how you watch that game. Look me in the eye and tell me you believe this team can win a championship. I mean, jeez. Look around the rest of the league. Todd texted in. Todd gets it. You feel like Milwaukee's on the same level right now as Boston or Brooklyn? What about, what about Miami? Hell, forget about Boston. Forget about Miami. Miami's got it figured out against the Hawks. They're slapping Trey Young around. You feel like Milwaukee's on the same level as those other teams? I don't. I certainly didn't see anything last night that would lead me to believe that Milwaukee's on the level as those other teams right now. I mean, I guess the, the Bucks could still come back and win this series. Heck, they could come back and win in five. But if they keep playing like this, and now Chris is hurt, you can't love their chances to get back to the finals, folks. How Chris Middleton, their big shot hitter, their closer, help for Giannis, spacing of the floor, important defensively, always out there, Mr. Available, Mr. Calm, Cool, and Collected. Speaking of Calm, Cool, and Collected, what the hell is going on with Drew Holiday? More like, more, more like Pew Holiday, right? Is, is that is that Drew Holiday out there, or is that Eric Bledsoe? Ugh, ugh. I don't know how you could have watched last night and tell me this is a championship team. No, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. Scene. Was that believable? Did you buy into that? How did you feel about that? I believed more in the first one. I believed more in the first one. I believe in Giannis. Right? What's that? <laughs> what is that classic country song? Don Williams and I believe in you. I don't believe virginity. This is common. You know the song I'm talking about? I believe in Giannis. Don Williams didn't sing about it, but I believe in Giannis. That's why I believe in the Bucks. And I think 
I believe in the first half of that segment a little bit more than I believe in the second. They're certainly showing you some concerning things. Drew Holiday hasn't been good. Chris Middleton's injury is scary. And the timing isn't great with Chicago getting some juice before heading back home to play in the United Center. But I think I believe a little bit more in the first half of that segment. Mostly because I believe in Giannis. And we'll talk more about that later on in the show. Let's take a break. Wrap up the Bucks thoughts for now. We're going to chat with Ben Kenny at 5 o'clock. And then we'll do more basketball. Maybe do a little Packers before the show's over. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Grant Bills. I'm riding the fence today. I'm catering to both sides of the aisle. Very bipartisan hosting job by me today, if I say so myself. Making the case why the Bucks are in trouble. Making the case why the Bucks are just fine. I believe that they're just fine. I'm not guaranteeing it. I don't know it to be true for sure. But if I had to guess right now, even things out a little bit, get a good kick in the pants, wake them up a bit, and now they got to go into Chicago, which is maybe what they need. Maybe they feel like they need a challenge. Maybe they need to be engaged. Maybe they need to be freaked out a little bit. It's like getting that C- minus on a test a month into the semester. You're like, oh, man, I got to study more. I got to allocate more time. I got to ju- Maybe this is the wake-up call the Bucks needed. I don't know. But I believe a lot in Giannis. And that's why I believe in this Bucks team. We'll talk about that in about a half hour. Ben Kenny coming up in about 10 minutes. You get a text here from Jason on Lower Tainer Lake. Jason, not to be creepy, but I went by your place uh, last weekend. I was home visiting my parents. He says, doesn't help the Bucks when their home court is invaded by Bulls fans either. So not cool to see all the red in the arena last night. Let's talk about this for a sec. If you're a Bucks fan and you live near Milwaukee or you have season tickets and you go to a lot of Bucks games, I don't fault you for selling your tickets to Chicago people. Make that money. Chase that bag, right? Sell your tickets. Go to a game in the second round. Go to a different game, right? I I don't fault you selling your tickets to some rich people from Chicago that can pay for it. I don't fault you. But if you go to the game, can you have a pulse a little bit? Forget having a pulse. Can you put the T-shirt on? You do a T-shirt giveaway, you never know it because nobody puts them on. Now, maybe say that maybe Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb, who are sitting courtside, maybe they could have, you know, thrown the shirt on. Been a leader, maybe. What we're talking about, not what we're talking about, not what we're talking about. Where are the shirts? I don't get it. You watch a game in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. Every fan has a t-shirt on. Remember those days? Oh, that arena would be just dumb. It would get so loud in there. Or Boston. Did you watch how nuts it was in that arena last night? Every time Kyrie got the ball, boom. And not just for the first quarter. Like sometimes Kevin Durant comes back to Oklahoma City or Ben Simmons, if he ever plays basketball again, when he goes back to Philly, they'll boo him, you know, when he touches the ball the first quarter. Most fans get tired. Those Celtics fans did not stop, did not relent as the game went along. Bucks fans, you can't even put a T-shirt on. Oh, Grant, stop hating, stop telling people how to be fans. I think I will tell people how to be fans. Be better. Let's be a little bit better. I'm not saying that was the difference in the game last night, Jason, but it's just a bad aesthetic, that's all. It's a bad look. It's a text from Mad Mike. Mad Mike, it's been a while. Hope everything's okay. I hadn't heard from you in a bit. Says, you are right. The Greek freak is the best player day in and out in the NBA. Yeah, I feel fine about the Bucs. 
Now, maybe that's me rationalizing. Maybe I'm in denial because I'm a Bucks fan and I'm a sports fan, and sports fans aren't always logical. But through two games in a tie series, one-to-one, I still feel good about the Bucks' chances because I feel good about Giannis, right? I saw what Giannis did last year in tougher spots than this, in more difficult matchups than this, in what I believe to be a more difficult road environment than this. I believe in Giannis. And through the transitive property, that means I believe in the Bucks a lot. We'll talk more about that in about a half hour. Uh, Chris texts in and says, do we need to talk Celtics? No, I, Celtics are really good. Celtics are really good. I, I thought it was pretty ludicrous that people picked the Nets to win this series. No, I'm not saying the majority of people did, but I'm surprised that there were smart basketball people, period, that picked the Nets. Celtics are nuts. Um, I hope we see Bucks Celtics. Um, mostly because I don't think the Nets are that good. I think it's good for basketball that the Celtics advance. Um, and I'm a Bucks fan, so I want the Bucks to advance. So I want Bucks Celtics in the second round. The Celtics are going to win. Now the Bucks got to hold their up uh, or hold up, excuse me, their end of the deal. Yeah, I'm a believer in the Celtics, Chris. Earlier this year, no, but they sucked earlier in the year. So if somebody's like, oh, you changed your tone on the Celtics. Now they're good all of a sudden. Yeah, now they're really good. It's like Atlanta two years ago. Well, you all you did was rip Atlanta early in the year. Yeah, because they stunk. And then they got good. Teams are allowed to do that. It's rare. It doesn't happen to many teams very often, but it happens every once in a while. It happened to the Hawks last year who had a new coach. Ime Udoka, the new coach for the Celtics this year. By the way, Charles Barkley, a big fan of Ime Udoka. If I'm Coach Udoki at the uh, at halftime, I'm like, guys. If you Coach Udoka. Yeah, I'll call him Okie Doki. Ime Udoka. If I'm Okie Doki. It's been a good week for Charles Barkley. They didn't even play Bismarck, Biombo, Shamet, who both who have had good solid Can I answer the question? Shamet. I love Charles Barkley. Those guys can never retire. They, they are steps above Terry, Howie, Michael, and Jimmy, who I love. I love Terry, Howie, Michael, Jimmy. That, the inside the NBA crew, that's different. Adoki. <laughs> Landry Shamet. Bismarck Biombo. Let's take a break. Let's talk to Ben Kenny. Kenny and Heilprin coming up in about an hour. We'll preview his show. I want to talk Transfer Portal, Badgers, Little Bucks as well. Ben will join us in three minutes. Wisco Sports Show. Be right back. I think Coach Bud got to be concerned with their energy level. Other than the first quarter of game one, they've been kind of flatlined. They're not playing with great energy and, 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 and intensity. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. I'm still getting over last night and what a perfect night of sports entertainment it was for 420 for those of you celebrating out there. We had the Peyton Pritchard game. It's getting hoops for the Celtics. Charles Barkley's saying Coach Adoki instead of Coach Ime Udoka. And the best part, Gus Johnson on TNT. Doesn't normally mean good things for our Wisconsin teams when you hear the voice of Gus Johnson. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Somebody who knows all about Wisconsin's struggles at the hands of Gus Johnson. That's Ben Kenny. You hear him on the Thrill Michaels Show, the Trill Michaels Show, the Bill Michaels Show. We have lots of names for that show. You hear him on Kenny and Heilprin, which is coming up in an hour. That's Ben Kenny. Ben Kenny. Ben, what's up? <laughs> oh, I love me some Gus Johnson. I, I was too. talking about that today with Bill, actually. 
there are moments where he may be a little bit too dramatic when it doesn't call for it, but there's nothing. Gus Johnson's voice makes me think about Big Ten football, so that might be it. But I love Gus Johnson. I loved him on the game. Yeah. His nicknames are hilarious. You know what made, made me laugh was anytime he would bring up a player, he'd be like, 6'6 six, six from this college. And I'm like, okay, so you like you got the card in front of you. Like, if I was an announcer, that's what I would do, right? If I was just getting my bearings and I was doing a game in a league that I didn't do a whole lot, I'd be like, all right, he's from here. He's this tall. Like, it was, honestly, it was a blast to watch. It kind of sucked that, you know, he had to get hit with the frozen DeRozan because the Bulls won. But I enjoyed Gus Johnson. It was fun. What did you guys talk about with the Bucks on Bill's show today? So, uh, well, the Chris Middleton news broke while we were on the air. Obviously, a lot of it is what are they going to look like without him. Um, most of the talk to lead off the show about the game itself had to do with how careless the Bucks were with the basketball again. I mean, we saw in the first game in transition there were errant passes that really shouldn't happen. It was a lack of care for the basketball more than just a good defensive play. And we saw that come up again. And, yes, the Bulls threw a lot of good defensive looks at the Bucks especially throughout that first half. But they also, it, I don't really know if it's too far to say, but like, the Bucks didn't look engaged no. for the most part, especially in those situations where you got to go out and run. No, they didn't look good at all. Um, and maybe they needed to lose. Maybe they need to go on the road. Maybe they need to be challenged a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. Hey, I, have a, I said something last night to my friend that I was watching the game with, and when I said it, I, I kind of thought it was a little naughty. But now that I've thought about it, I, I think I believe this. And you should tell Zach about this. I would love to hear his opinion on this as well. I said this, and I quote, if the Bucks win the title this year, then I will love Grayson Allen more than I love Sam Decker or Frank Kaminsky. Is that fair or foul, in your opinion? No, it's not fair. And <laughs> I'll tell that to Zach. He'll, he'll roll his eyes, but he rolls his eyes at a lot. If the, I, like, I'm at a point right now where I'm at a crossroads. Because Grayson Allen, especially with Middleton down, has to step up and he has to be a big part of the team. But I'm still not in the point, to be completely honest, where I root for him to succeed. Like I, I want the Bucks to do well, but I also want Grayson Allen to not be any good in the process of that. If the Bucks win the title this year and, and, he, and he becomes a Wisconsin hero, uh, I think that will be incredibly wrong morally. Um, and you should be ashamed of yourself for thinking that he is now a loved player. Yeah, I, dude, if they win a title, though, see, and I've been ripped on, Evo will rip on me because I've, I've prioritized things over championships, like our whole Brewers debacle from the summer. <laughs> I feel like if Grayson Allen is Pat Connaughton from last year, hits a bunch of big shots, delivers them a title, I, I don't know. We never got a title from Frank and Sam. That's all I'm saying. I, I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll revisit. We're talking with Ben Kenny, Twitter at Ben Z Kenny. His show is Zach Halpern coming up in less than an hour. So you guys, uh, you're talking about spring practice, I would imagine. I'm hearing buzz about Nick Herbig uh, when he's on the field and the deep passing game. And by buzz, I mean I have read Zach's recap articles <laughs> at MadCitySportsZone.com. Are you talking about those things tonight, or what are you planning to, to chat about when it comes to spring ball? We'll touch on those. We always hit Zach's big spring practice takeaway, which we have trademarked as part of the Kenny and Halpern show, even though nobody will take it probably because not many other people are named Zach Halpern. Um, that is part of it, and spring practice is now over. So looking back at the period as a whole, I was how I think about these shows is whenever something else happens in sports, like during the Masters, I'm watching the Masters, and I see Rory McIlroy do great, and these things happen, and I instantly think, how can I connect this to Wisconsin football or basketball during that season? So with the Chris Middleton injury, it's undeniable that he is 
very important to the Bucks' success. We saw what he did last year in the playoffs. I was thinking about the players on this Wisconsin team that I don't want to say if they go down, it's the worst-case scenario because that's a horrible way to look at it, even though that is how I thought about it. But instead, who are the most valuable above their possible replacements? Because Nick Herbig, you mentioned him, supremely talented player, maybe the best outside linebacker in the Big Ten this year. But it's such a loaded position with so much talent that in the bad case that he does go down, they'll kind of be well-equipped to to weather that storm, if you will. There's so many guys there that can contribute and come in and play well. Instead, it's guys in the weaker positions or some of the other talented guys. So we're talking about that, talking about spring practice, where outlook has changed since the start of the spring, all that stuff. But I will bring up the Grayson Allen thing to Zach, and I will. I might send you a video of him rolling his eyes. I, I think that takes specifically like, – I don't think Zach will care. He'll be like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I'm not, it, I'm not going to, war- it's not warranting a response from me. Like, I, I don't think that will, that won't elicit anything from him. It's too outrageous, even though I believe it, that I don't think Zach will play off it as well. I saw Zach writing about, uh, why, why is Chase Wolf a thing? When I, the, we're all in on Graham Mertz, reading about Mertz, but I, like, I no. keep seeing how Chase Wolf looks good. Does that mean anything? Or is that just, that's just spring practice? No, uh, it's okay. just spring practice. And Graham Mertz has been inconsistent still. And that remains one of the biggest question marks surrounding the team right now. But I will tell you, I'll give you a little sneak preview. Out of all the players that are the most valuable above their possible replacements, Graham Mertz is number one. If Graham Mertz goes down, Chase Wolf cannot start football games this year. I saw you tweeted out a list about players, which is a good point of reference, I think, as we try to relearn the roster and reconfigure who's gone and who's taking their spot. I think that's a worthwhile exercise and a worthwhile list to look at. So you can find that at Ben Z Kenny. Now, according to your official Kenny and Heilprin show Twitter account, uh, you guys were talking about the transfer portal tonight. Is that true? Uh, you give us a little taste of that maybe. Yeah, a, a little bit. I kind of tweeted that out as a joke. Okay. Last week, there was an article with Graham Mertz on uwbadgers.com where he used Latin at the end. And I looked up what the phrase meant, and I couldn't find the meaning. And it literally said a Latin phrase and then comma, look it up. And I looked it up. I couldn't find it. So I first did that. It's always sunny meme with the gang studies Latin. Yeah. And we talked about it a little bit. I did that with the transfer portal because of Debo Samuel and how everyone jokes. Whenever a player enters the portal in college, everybody loses their minds and cannot believe that they would want to go find a situation that will work well for them. So now whenever any player – or anybody in the world wants to go somewhere else, it's I, I'm blaming the transfer portal. So with Debo Samuel, that was why I posted that <laughs> meme. But I'm, yeah, we'll touch on it, actually, because it ties back to Wisconsin is crazy shallow at safety and, frankly, tight end as well. So they might go to the portal for somebody. Um, but that was, that, was more in the, uh, that was more of a joking sense because I like to make everything about Kenny and Halperin instead of, what it actually is, which is the NFL. I love that. Okay, so I saw a tweet last night, and you will probably be able to tell me whether this is is anything. Um, Aaron Torres of Fox Sports was tweeting about the Jay Wright news, and he's like, look, all the people I've talked to, coaches are sick of this already. Like, they're going to retire earlier. They're going to go to the pros. They they don't want to deal with this. Basically, he had this long thread about how the current state of college athletics with the NIL and with the transfer portal, it's unsustainable. 
it, it just it's going to burn coaches out. Guys are going to move around. Everything's going to start to to kind of come apart at the seams. Do you believe that to be true, or is this just an adjustment period while we figure out NIL and figure out the transfer portal? Because I I find this fascinating the way in which college sports is changing and the effects that those changes can have on coaches, for example, like Jay Wright who just retired from Nova. In terms of the specifics about Jay Wright, who, first of all, absolute legend. It's remarkable that you can retire without an entire year-long tour to make it about yourself. Um, So all class, one of the classiest guys in the sport. I will always love him. Absolute legend. I think there is some truth there with the guys like Jay Wright, Coach K, um, Roy Williams, the older coaches that have made their mark in the past eras, say, in the last 20 years, because while I don't, I don't think it'll burn out every coach in college sports, I do think it completely changes their job. Because not only are you coaching a team and recruiting the future team, you also kind of have to re-recruit your own players at the end of every year. Yeah. You might have to convince guys to stay around instead of enter the portal. And then maybe you have to go out and do a separate recruiting cycle for other guys. So I think it adds a lot. The NIL portion of it is, I mean... You go on and on about the disaster that that could become. Like NIL is a great addition, but the problem is none of it's regulated because they have all these funds and all these boosters. A lot of it doesn't actually come from the university or the program. It's big boosters that have put together all this money to go get businesses and, and throw money at these kids to go places. So the NCAA, obviously, when they instituted it, when they uh, instituted it. They had absolutely no plan as to how to regulate it and how to actually manage uh, all that stuff. So in the future, hopefully they do soon. I think the words of Nick Saban and Dabo and all them are taken completely out of context because, like, yeah, they say those things and then people say, oh, look, look at these old guys. They hate the portal and they yeah. hate NIL. Not like that, that's not what they're saying. They know the sport well. They're, they're saying there needs to be some type of structure or it's going to become chaos, which it kind of has. Um, so I think a lot of things are true at the same time. For Jay Wright, I mean, what's better than going out on top? He just made the final four. He can go get a also very lucrative and maybe easier schedule TV deal. And I do think there is part of it of the portal and NIL adding all these crazy elements to his schedule and his job that he maybe didn't want to go all the way in on. Do you hear Gus Johnson hint that maybe Jay Wright is retiring from Nova? but maybe not retiring from the Lakers. Did you hear that last night? Or maybe maybe the next coach of the Lakers. Did you hear him mention that last night? His color guy really didn't give it any run. I'm just like, whoa, that's something that just got brought up. <laughs> I did not hear it. I've heard other people say it, and I don't think there is any truth there. Jay Wright could have had the Sixers job years ago when maybe after Brett Brown was fired, or maybe before Brett Brown. But he said, no, he stayed at Nova, the job security, the life there. He's a legend there. He, he has the keys, you know. If he goes somewhere else and it doesn't work, that's when you see legacies get tarnished. I don't think there's any truth to him going to L.A. and coaching there. I think he's one of the guys, unlike other people, maybe Coach K, yeah. who says, like, when they're done, they're done. Do you think John I, – I wasn't planning on asking you this, but I'm just curious your thoughts. Do you think John Beeline's – legacy was tarnished or made different in any way by going to Cleveland for like three months? Kind of forgot about that. No, uh, because I forgot about it. And also (laughs) because (laughs) I am not the most avid NBA follower. I think maybe when you go other places in college, that could play in. Or if you're an NFL coach and you retire and then you go back somewhere and you fail, 
Uh, well, I mean, Urban Meyer going to Jacksonville undoubtedly affected his legacy, even though it's already been tarnished by a lot of his, the wrongdoings of himself. So I, I think it's situationally dependent. Um, but with Beeline, I don't think so. Remember when he called his guy, he said they were playing like thugs. And then later he said, I, I meant slugs. I said slugs. I'm like, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> Sports are incredible. Yeah, that'll sport, go over well. Yeah, sport is the only place where a story like that could come from. Like, sports are the only thing that's giving us entertainment like that. Kenny and Heilprin, coming up at 6 o'clock, you and your co-host, my great, great friend. Uh, he loves all my takes. That's, that's Zach Heilprin. I look forward to the show at 6. Have a good one, man. Thanks, Grant. Have a good one. That's Ben Kenny on Twitter at Ben Z Kenny. Kenny and Heilprin coming up in, where's my watch? 45 minutes on the dot. What do we think about that take, by the way? I tweeted it out at Wisco Grant. I want to see what people think. If Grayson Allen helps deliver a Bucks title this year, I think my fandom will him for him will surpass my fandom for Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker. What do we think about that? I feel like I'm being turned off in so many cars right now in Madison. Does anyone, does anyone vibe with that? Does anyone understand where I'm coming from with that? Hmm. I'm going to have to think about that more. Buck's title. It's a title, folks. It's a title. I know Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker took them back-to-back Final Fours. Final Fours are big. I think going to a Final Four is not a championship, but you hang a banner for it, right? Remember a couple weeks ago when we talked about this? It's like, what at what point in a tournament run do you actually get to markedly say we accomplished something? Like, oh, we made the Sweet 16. That's nice. Okay. You know, is there a difference between making the Sweet 16 and winning one game or two or three games instead? Like, where's the, does it really make that big of a difference? I'm not sure. I think going to a Final Four, you can hang a banner for that, right? That's something that you remember. You get the T-shirt, you get the gear. Going to back-to-back Final Fours in a national title game because of Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker. Uh, one thing. Uh, but winning a title, that's another. I don't know. I think if Grayson Allen uplifts the Bucks to a title and hits some big shots down the stretch. I I think my fandom for Grayson becomes at least equal to that of Sam Decker and Frank Kaminsky. I don't know if you want to yell at me online for that. I just put the tweet up. That's what it's for. It's a sounding board. A little litmus test. You can find that on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I still feel good about the Bucks, as good as you can feel after two games like that, and it's because of Giannis. I'll explain why coming up next. It's the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bill's on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Graham Bills. We just got off the horn with Ben Kenny. Kenny and Heilprin starts here in about a half hour. Talking Badgers, spring practice. Maybe they'll chat a little bit about the Bucks. Zach Heilprin and Ben Kenny. You can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Text and call the show if you'd like. 608-796-2558. Bucks Bulls. 114-110. The Bulls win game two last night. The Bucks just don't look in it. They don't look bought in. They don't look like they're applying themselves. They don't look like they're they're not all in on this. It looks like they're just they're showing up and punching a time clock, right? And Giannis, after the game last night, and we're about to talk about Giannis, so I think this is worthwhile to play. Giannis said, look, if this is how we're going to play and this is how we're going to approach this, we might as well just not show up. If we don't score for six minutes straight, it doesn't matter. We keep defending, we keep figuring something out, you know, we keep adapting, and uh, eventually we're going to score the ball. You know, we should not feel uptight 
you know, sometimes that's what I feel like we feel out there. Got to keep enjoying. We got to enjoy the game as much as possible. Like game three, game four, no matter who plays or who don't play, it doesn't matter. We got to go out there and enjoy the game. And if we lose, we lose. If we win, we win. Great, you know. But uh, if we're not going to enjoy the game, we should stay home. You know, if you're not going to enjoy it, if you're not going to buy in, stay home. I think that's applicable to a lot of things in our life. You know, I don't love every day at work. I don't love every part of my job. I'm sure you guys don't either, right? You have some days where you come home, you're like, wow, that day flew by. Love my coworkers. Love my job. Hell, I do it for free, right? Days that you really enjoy. Those are days where you probably buy in. You leave the house in the morning. You got a to-do list, things that you got to get done, right? You're productive. You're dialed in. You're applying yourself. And then there's days where you show up and uh, I want to leave. Those days go slowly. Even completing the smallest tasks feel like you're moving a mountain, right? Those kind of days. I would imagine basketball is the same way. It's physically really tough. You're sprinting up and down the floor. You're having to guard guys who are massive. DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic. Those are big dudes, and they'll be up, right? Having to defend those guys and read them on defense and stay with them in transition and try to get buckets over them on the other end. That's hard work. That's not something you do on a whim. That's not something you would enjoy doing. Not something that would go well unless you were bought in and applying yourself. And I just don't know if the Bucks are doing that right now. Now, the Bucks could easily win this series in five. I could also see a world in which this gets really interesting, where we come back next Monday and it's tied 2-2, and we're going into a really pivotal game five in Milwaukee. Could. Could also win in five. Bucks could win the next three games, and this could be over. Right? The Bucks just didn't get it last night. It just didn't click. It didn't work. They didn't get it. Like sometimes you go see a band and you stay for a couple songs, you stay for a set, and then you leave and you're like, yeah, they just didn't really, they didn't really get it. It didn't really work. The crowd wasn't really buying in and the band, they were trying to do these slow ballads and they were trying to, you know, have stage banter, even though no one's listening. And it just, it didn't really match. But sometimes you go see a band and everyone's hanging on every note and they're listening to the to the musicians and they talk about the songs in between sets and people are dancing and it's this great experience, right? Sometimes it hits. Sometimes it doesn't. It just wasn't hitting last night. The Bucks didn't get it. They're so much bigger and so much stronger and so much tougher than Chicago, even with Bobby Portis hurt. And yet they have a chance at the end of the third and the start of the fourth to grab a hold of the game. It's right there and they're firing threes, Right. Guys, you have Brooke Lopez, you have Giannis, you have Drew Holiday. Bullies. All those players are bullies that can take it to the cup. And they're content to take semi-contested threes. And some nights those threes go, but I still don't know that it's the best process against a team that's so much smaller, so much weaker. Like, the Bulls are not a strong, imposing team. And yet the Bucks are firing away on threes. That's probably what the Bulls wanted him to do. Keep Giannis out of the paint. Keep Brooke out of the paint. Keep Drew out of the paint, even though Drew can't hit a layup to save his life. Right? There were two instances in the third quarter where the Bucks went on a little run and they would draw it to like 11 points, 12 points. And they did it twice. And the two shots that were taken with a chance to, to draw within single digits were Brooke Lopez threes. That's not a bad shot, but that's not the shot you want. That's not the shot you're looking for. If it's fourth and one, you could throw a jump ball to Dominique Daphne in double coverage. It's not ideal, though, right? Like, let's throw something a little more reliable. Let's 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 play to our strengths. Let's play to our advantage. The Bucks weren't doing that last night. It just it wasn't working. They didn't get it. And I'm not going to tell you how to feel about the Bucks today. 
I'm not going to tell you you should feel good or you should feel worried. Next Monday at 4.02 p.m., I most certainly will, right? Because we'll have two more games. We'll have the games in Chicago to go off of. But as of right now, I'm not sure. I feel good about the Bucks because I feel good about Giannis. That's really all I'm confident in right now. That's all I'm for sure about is that Giannis is incredible. And if I have to bet on any player in the league to get through a sticky situation, I think I'm going to put my money on Giannis, right? There's no man on the Bulls that can check Giannis. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, Al Horford. Celtics got a bunch of guys that they can throw at him. Giannis is still going to have opportunities to score, but the Celtics feel good relative to the rest of the league, maybe minus Bam Adebayo about guys who can cover Giannis. They have some of the better options. Bulls don't have anyone. You can try Patrick Williams. Sure, you can try Tristan Thompson. Go ahead. See how that ends up. Unless he's allowed to elbow Giannis in the eye without a foul, then then maybe it would go okay for Chicago, right? But I feel good about Giannis. The Bulls don't have anyone that can check Giannis. Drew and Pat have been bad, and George Hill's been hurt. But to a reasonable degree, it's not about them. As long as the rest of the roster is semi-competent, it's about Giannis. I said this on Tuesday when we were talking about Nikola Jokic. You win back-to-back MVPs, you win a title, you prove that you are brilliant and that you're an all-time player, you don't really get the privilege of nuance, right? And that's why if Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets are swept out of this first round, the masses are going to kill Jokic for it. The masses aren't going to say, well, they didn't have Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. It's true that they don't have some of their best players due to injury, but when you win back-to-back MVPs and you're lauded and built up as this all-time player, as now Nikola Jokic has been, you don't get the privilege of nuance. We see this with Aaron Rodgers, right? 2016, Rodgers dragged a sorry-ass team to the NFC Championship game, and then they got waxed by the Falcons, and people ripped on Rodgers, and we still do. Oh, bad record in NFC Championship games. Because when you prove that you're incredible and you're an all-time great and you win multiple MVPs, nuance isn't always extended to you, Right? And, and that works both ways. If Giannis is to lose this series, people are going to be critical of Giannis. But if Giannis and the Bulls or Giannis and the Bucks win this series, it's going to be all about Giannis. Pat Connick could have a 24-point game, hit a bunch of threes in one game. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Giannis, right? This is Giannis's series, and I can't wait to see what Giannis does over the next week or two. I was remembering a Giannis soundbite from a year ago. Do you remember this? This made me feel good. I was watching some Giannis clips today because I knew we were going to talk about him and I was going to explain. I feel good about the Bucs. I feel good about Giannis. This was a Q&A a year ago before the playoffs started, before the Bucks matched up with the Heat and before they started the postseason. And I just, I really liked the soundbite. People were critical of Giannis at the time. Some people were over this. I loved it. And it's logic like this and thinking like this that makes me really confident putting stock in Giannis and the Bucks right now, even after two pretty ugly games to start their series against the Bulls. Um, you talked a bunch earlier about learning from past playoff experiences, both for yourself and the team. Obviously, there's some new faces this year, but what have you learned from the past couple of years when you haven't gotten to where you've wanted to go? And why do you think this year will be different? Uh, I don't know if this year is going to be different, team. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't say that. Uh, it might be the same. Who knows? It might. We'll see. The results going to i uh, going to talk, talk for themselves at the end. Uh, but at the end of the day, is I don't get too high, don't get too low. I feel like last year, probably because of the bubble, you know, wasn't able to get away from basketball, like losing a game and just going to the hotel and seeing the players that just beat you. You, like, got too low about yourself. And uh, then you listen to the media, what the media has to say, and they say, oh, they're terrible. And you kind of take it 
uh, too hard, and you're like, oh man, are we terrible? You know, so so, and then when you win a game, oh, they're so great. Oh yeah, well, we're so great. Yeah, we're gonna win the whole. Th- you know, don't get too high, don't get too low. Just go out there, do what you do, compete. Uh, because at the end of the day, uh, we're not gonna win 16 uh, games straight. You know, and uh, hopefully we don't we don't lose four games straight. Um, so yeah, don't get too high, don't get too low, and just go out there, compete, have fun. I love that sound bite. That's someone who's mentally pretty darn clear. He's like, I don't know if it's going to be different this year. We might lose in four. Who knows? Really casual. Um, that's why I believe in the Bucks this series, even though it's not looking good for Chris Middleton. We'll talk about that coming up next. Feel good about the Bucks because I feel good about Giannis. Next round, different story. But for the next couple of days, I feel good. Let's talk about that. The Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. Stick around. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Spring ball, transfer portal, all that good stuff. We're talking Bucks Bulls, although I wouldn't mind doing a little Packers before the show is over. If you want to call or text, chat about anything, I'm here. 608-796-2558. Twitter at Wisco Grant as well. I tweeted out a take as an experiment just to take the temperature of the masses. Uh, it's not being received well. Maybe I'll leave it up for a little while longer just to see. I have one person who agrees with me. It's Aaron. Appreciate you, Aaron. Sometimes you got to be brave with your takes. Just try to be cutting edge. Maybe you stumble onto something. Who knows? You know, did Ben Franklin play it safe when he invented the light bulb? I don't think so. No, no, he did not. Or when whoever invented something else. I don't know. Alexander Graham Bell. What did he invent? The telephone? Did he invent the telephone by playing it safe? No. He had to push, bend boundaries. Right, but try things, put it out there. That's what I'm doing. I, I got to take out at Wisco Grant. I'm not going to repeat it again on air because I think it'll get people to tune out. I am all in on Giannis going beast mode for the next couple of games, and I think he'll have to because we have news from both Shams, who was first, and Woj, who was next, but had a little bit more detail. Shams tweeted, "Well, let's just go with Woj. Milwaukee Bucks All Star Chris Middleton has an MCL sprain in his left knee." and will be reevaluated in two weeks, sources tell ESPN. Bucks will have to play without Middleton for the rest of the first-round series against Chicago, which we figured. Um, the question is, is he able to come back in the second round? At the beginning, in the middle, the end? Conference finals, not at all. Right, that's the bigger question, and I didn't think we were going to get clarity on that today. We won't get clarity on that. Reevaluated in two weeks is less than ideal. Famous uh, lack of clarity with Bucks injury reports. They're not, 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 uh, not typically laying it all out there, which makes sense. I believe that Giannis is going to have a time the next couple of games. And for that reason, I, I still feel good about the Bucks. I love how Giannis is wired. I love how he's built as a player. He's a player that's bigger, stronger, faster, taller than just about everyone in the league. But he comes with a mindset that is... I don't know how to describe it. I think a lot of players in Giannis's current position right now, without their number two, tied 1-1, going on the road for the next two games, I think a lot of players in Giannis's position would put a ton of pressure on themselves. 
They would get caught up in the stakes of everything, get caught up in the pressure, get caught up in the spotlight that's now on them to perform, to carry their team, because that's what MVPs do. That's what all-time greats do. You carry your team, right? And I think a lot of players in Giannis' position would feel that. I don't think Giannis does. I went back and I pulled the soundbite from last May, April, somewhere in there, right before the playoffs started. And it's a question and answer before the Heat series starts. And I loved how relaxed he was. He wasn't feeling the insane pressure. He wasn't feeling the high stakes. You, um, you talked a bunch earlier about learning from past playoff experiences, both for yourself and the team. Obviously, there's some new faces this year, but what have you learned from the past couple of years when you haven't gotten to where you've wanted to go? And why do you think this year will be different? Uh, I don't know if this year is going to be different, team. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't say that. Uh, it might be the same. Who knows? It might. We'll see. The results going uh, going talk talk on themselves at the end. Uh, but at the end of the day, is that don't get too high, don't get too low. I feel like last year, probably because of the bubble, you know, wasn't able to get away from basketball, like losing a game and just going to the hotel and seeing the players that just beat you. You like got too low yourself and uh, then you listen to the media what the media has to say and they say oh they're terrible and you kind of take it uh, too hard and you're like oh man are we terrible you know so so and then when you win a game oh they're so great oh yeah you well, we're so great yeah we're gonna win the whole you, don't, you know don't get too high don't get too low just go out there do what you do compete uh, because at the end of the day uh, we're not gonna win 16 uh, games straight you know and uh Hopefully we don't we don't lose four games straight. Um, so yeah, don't get too high, don't get too low, and just go out there, compete, have fun. That's the mindset that I'm about. Hey, Giannis, what's going to be different in this playoffs? Well, I don't know. Maybe nothing. Who knows? Maybe we'll get swept. I don't. We'll have to see how it plays out. <laughs> and I bet that's how Giannis is looking at these next couple of games in Chicago, as now Chris Middleton is injured. Right? You can't let that pressure and the stakes and the weight of a moment weight of what's coming. You can't let that impact the way you live your life and the way you're wired, the way you think. Giannis doesn't. And that's why I feel really good about him being able to go out and take care of business and the rest of the Bucks. Let's talk to Daryl, 608-796-2558. What's up, Daryl? Welcome. Well, thanks. Uh, my my thoughts on the matter of this is that Pat Connaughton is going to have to step up. And I also think that of all people, Serge Ibaka has to play. And he's going to have to play some more minutes. Two minutes in game two wasn't enough. They were playing lethargic. They played like uh, uh, turnovers were nothing. And you can't play that kind of way during the playoffs all like you played the last uh, month of the season. That's exactly why they lost. That's why they lost last night. And it's why if they don't correct those matters, they will lose this series. If they're going to lose this series, it's going to be based on their own inept play. Yes. And they can't play like they did last night. Not at all. Giannis, Giannis will still get his points. Yeah. I, that's not the issue. Okay? I don't think it, Giannis getting his points is the issue. I think the real issue, I mean, yes, they clogged the lane and tried to make it hard on him, but they, he still got his points. But it's the rest of the team that has to pick up. They're the ones that have, I mean, um, Wes Matthews had a, had a pretty decent game as a whole because yeah, he normally he, his has been off. But the rest of the team, I, where were they for the most part? You know, and you can't you can't give Chicago nine nothing lead right out of the gate. No, like that's, turning that, the ball over, sucks the energy out of the building too. Like the crowd was dead then for well, the next they, two quarters. Well, the point is, is that 
the, the crowd was sucked out, but they played like they sucked themselves out. Yeah, they did. The, the, the Bucks did it to themselves, and that's what gets me mad about this. The Bucks did it to themselves. You can't, you can't play that kind of basketball. And I'm hoping, if Bud were listening to me, I'd tell him that. You can't play that kind of basketball and expect to win. Just because that Chicago doesn't mean they're not going to try to scrap with you. The, the team that had the energy last night was Chicago, no doubt, from beginning to end. Okay? Yeah. They played it like, and, and the Bucks they look like, uh, well, we, we can win this, can't we? That's just not how you play the game. You've got to come in there, and you've got to play with energy. You've got to play like, like it means something to you. And the last night, they didn't play like it meant anything. That's, yeah. that's all I can say about that. And as far as the Packers go, yeah. I still think, I still think, for all practical purposes, the Packers will not draft a wide receiver in round one. They will wait till round two. And I actually, and I wouldn't be surprised, wouldn't be surprised at all, is that there's been there's been a little bit of rumors talking about Carolina, and them talking to the Packers about uh, their sixth pick overall, for the, to trade down to trade down for the Packers to move up and maybe they, they could get Jordan Love out of this deal. That's mm. the only, that's a rumor I'm hearing. hearing that's a buzz. rumor I'm hearing. Hearing some, hearing some, yeah, I'm hearing some buzz on that. <laughs> yeah. I've got a little chatter on that. So I thought I'd maybe throw that bone in your direction and see where you want to play with it. Mm. Well, Carolina does like acquiring more bad quarterbacks. Thank you, Darren, for the call. I know they're in on Baker Mayfield. Why not get Jordan Love? Carolina is so funny. So they went from, they had Teddy, right? And then they, so they, no, no, no. They went Kyle Allen to Teddy Bridgewater to Sam Darnold. Now watch them go to Baker Mayfield. Ugh. Oh, that's bad. Maybe Jordan Love. So maybe they'd be interested in another bad quarterback. None of these previous couple bad quarterbacks they've had have done the trick for him. So maybe they got to get the next one. Will, that, that'll be the ticket. Jordan, Jordan Love will be the ticket. Yeah. I, I don't know how eager the Packers are to move Jordan Love. I, I don't know if there's any urgency on that front. Let's talk a little bit about the Packers. Let's talk about their draft. I'm with you. I, I talked with Mike Renner yesterday, and I'm, I'm saying I'm with Daryl on the first round thing. I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't take a wide receiver in the first round either. This draft especially doesn't lean in the right direction for the Packers taking a wide receiver in the first round because all of the top wide receiver prospects in this draft are undersized. They're smaller. They're the 180-pound guys. And then the day two and the day three guys are the bigger, stronger larger wide receivers, and we all know that the Packers favor guys like that. Now, I would contend that I don't really care what the Packers have favored for the last 30 years because in the last six or seven years, the years that matter to me, they haven't drafted any good wide receivers other than Devontae Adams and MVS, and MVS was MVS was good, but that story is a little bit more complicated. So I'm saying, screw your standards. Your standards haven't worked. You know what I mean? Why don't we talk more about that coming up next? We'll talk about what Daryl just said. I want to play you a clip from yesterday when Mike Renner joined the show about what this Debo Samuel news, this Debo Samuel ordeal could mean for the Packers. It means good things for the Packers. We'll talk about that coming up next. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, final segment. My name is Grant Bills. 
Talk a lot of Bucks and Bulls today. If you missed that conversation and you don't want to miss it, we can catch up with the podcast. I'll post it just after 6 o'clock. Just look up Wisco Sports Show wherever you get your podcasts. And it'll be right there. And while you're there, you know, throw me a bone and give me a five-star ranking. Even if I don't deserve it. How about a small business? That's really what I am here. You know, throw me a five-star rating. Subscribe, share, tell your friends. Please do. But, uh, yeah, if you missed the NBA Lounge back at 4 o'clock, you missed Ben Kenny at 5 o'clock, that'll all be in the pod. So you go back and find it. We just took a call from Daryl at 608-796-2558. And he brought up the Packers draft. Said, I don't think the Packers are going to take a wide receiver in the first round, Grant. I don't see it. I don't think it'll happen. I mean... If there were odds for such a thing, and maybe there are, I don't know where you would find them. Um, the odds would probably agree with you. I would never bet money that that I owned. I would never bet my my wealth, my 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 treasure, my money on the Packers taking a wide receiver in the first round. That would that would be like betting on Aaron Rodgers to win a playoff. No, we're not going to go there. You know, Mike Renner was on yesterday, and we talked about this, and I thought a really good point that he brought up was. All of the first-round wide receivers are very small. Packers don't like small wide receivers. So maybe it does make sense that they wait till the second round. What If I had to bet money on, I think I would bet money on the Packers taking two defensive players at 22 and 28 and then trading up from 53 to, like, 40 with Chicago and then taking George Pickens. They could take George Pickens at 28, but that just seems too easy. The Packers never do the easy thing in the draft. Never doing the easy thing, always doing the right thing. That's Eric on I-90, one of the best friends of this program. Eric, what's going on? Welcome. How you doing, Grant? I'm Beautiful doing swell. Where, what's that? Beautiful day out here on I-90. <laughs> I'm excited to go home. I keep hearing that it's nice outside. I haven't seen the sun since lunch. I don't work with windows in here. Right, right. Um, you know, that box game, I, I I had to go to bed because it was late, the late game. I feel you. You know, and when you're an international man of mystery, you have to get up early in the morning. Were you celebrating? Uh, oh, yeah. Were you celebrating 420 yesterday, Eric? Smoking pot. Um, no. Okay. No, I I, I celebrated a lot of those <laughs> uh, when I was younger. Sure, I feel you. You know, so I don't have a, a problem with any of that. <laughs> You know, I put some milk and cookies out for Willie Nelson. <laughs> and, and Snoop Dogg. Uh, <laughs> and Snoop Dogg. Yeah. You know, but uh, otherwise, uh, pretty uneventful. I feel you. You know, I, I wanted to slip in the Vikings a little bit. Now, what do you think if the Vikings come in on the draft and they and they take a quarterback with their first pick? What do you think of that? Ooh, so the Vikings pick at 12. Well, didn't they just extend or restructure Kirk? They did, but yeah. you know, if I'm if I'm the general manager, I kind of want to have a year. You know, I don't want to tear down the whole thing in one year, right? No. He's obviously not doing that. That's a good point. Good point. But you may want to just go out there and take a swing at one. You don't have much to lose. It's a good point. You don't. I mean, I guess the tough thing for me is if if you weren't all the way in on Cousins and you were interested in drafting a quarterback, then don't extend him. If you want to extend Cousins next year, fine. I. The, the problem with trying to contend and rebuild on the fly is you have one foot in one camp and one foot in the other. You're pushing out Cousins' money and, and to give yourself space to contend now, but you're not sold on Cousins, so you take a quarterback. I, I don't know. Whatever the Vikings should do, I, just, I, I think a team should always go all in on one strategy, which the Packers haven't always done, and that bothers me too. Right, right. And I did some research on this here. 
today, and I felt almost like I discovered gravity. Yeah. But Javon Walker was the last quarterback Green Bay ever picked up <laughs> for his own. Did you not? Did you so, not know that? I mean, I've been trying to spread the word. Tell the tell the people. I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all until I listened to your show, <laughs> and I I feel your pain. That's funny. It's uh, but anyway, you know, it's just another nice day out here, and uh, I don't have a lot. You know, it's kind of uh, we got the draft coming up. That'll be interesting because yes, we'll all pick these people, see these people get picked, and. We're going to be like, oh, that's going to be great. And, then we got to wait. The guy's probably going to suck. <laughs> they probably going to suck. A lot of them do, but it's fun to watch. I'm excited. I, I actually, Eric, I'm going to a concert next Thursday night. I've, I've been to Bucks games on the night of the draft. I've been to concerts. I always seem to have something going on on that Thursday night, so I'll have to follow along on my phone and, and catch up with it later, but I'm not going to be able to sit down and watch the whole thing start to finish. Truly, if I, if I was in the Vikings draft room and I was in charge... Every year, I would draft the best and biggest center I could because a center can play three positions. Mm. He can play guard. He can play both guards and center. And if you think about it, there's only two guys that handle the ball every play. Who's that? The quarterback, but oh, oh, the center. Oh, Again, another gravity discovery, right? <laughs> You're a wise man, Eric. Yeah, somebody, I don't know anyone with the Vikings front office, but I can try to connect you. I wonder if they've thought of that strategy before. I already turned them down because I got pissed <laughs> off at them. So. You, you got enough going on. You got enough uh, irons in the I fire, I bet. I do, I do. Have a great day, Grant. Yeah, enjoy the drive. That's Eric on I-90. Oh, we still got two minutes left. Uh, I should have just talked to Eric until 5.59. Uh, One last thing while we're talking about the Packers. For those of you who missed it yesterday, I thought this was probably the most important point that was made by our friend Mike Renner yesterday, and that was... Did I I not save it? Are you kidding me? I didn't save it. It was talking about the Packers' impact, uh, or the impact on the Packers, rather, with the Debo Samuel stuff, you know? I didn't say that. Well, I'll play it tomorrow. Debo Samuel getting traded to really any wide receiver hungry team is good for the Packers, right? If he goes to the Jets, who have a lot of draft capital, there's connections with the coach. Robert Salah used to be with the Niners. Mike LaFleur, Mark LaFleur, is it Mike? I think it's Matt's in Green Bay. I think it's Mike LaFleur is in New York. So that makes sense. But the Jets have the fourth overall pick. The Jets have the 10th overall pick from Seattle through the Jamal Adams trade. So... If they trade for Debo Samuel, they're not going to be in the market for a wide receiver in the draft, at least maybe not with the intensity that they would have been in the first place. That helps the Packers because it allows more wide receivers to slip down the board, right? What if a team like the Eagles makes a play for him? Well, the Eagles have a bunch of picks in front of the Packers. That bodes well, right? You know what I mean? And I don't think the Niners are really wide receiver starved right now. They like Ayuk. They like Jennings. They just tendered him. Right, they love George Kittle, obviously. The running game is first and foremost to Shanahan anyways. They're probably going to run it a little bit with Trey Lance if indeed he becomes the starter this year. People forget that Jimmy G is just still on the Niners. We thought he was out. We were told he was out. It's a sure thing, and he's he's still there. So maybe they do stick with Jimmy G. Maybe Trey Lance stinks. That would be pretty funny. That would be very funny. Not as funny as Justin Fields stinking would be. Just because I'm a Packers fan, I have to say that. It's the rivalry. I have to feel that way. But it would be pretty funny if Kyle Shanahan and the Niners gave up all of those first-round picks to jump up and take someone who sinks. 
And I just, I don't know. I have a feeling that if Trey Lance was good and they had confidence in Trey Lance, that maybe they would have traded Jimmy G. And they haven't dealt him yet, which I think leads us to fairly wonder, right? It's not unfair to wonder. Maybe Trey Lance isn't any good if they're still holding on to Jimmy G. Maybe no one wants Jimmy G. I don't know. Stafford got dealt last year, and then this offseason we have Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson. So there are quarterbacks that have been traded and moved around. Maybe the market just hasn't been there for Jimmy G. They were hunting other guys. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about this tomorrow. We'll talk more about the Bucks. There's some good NBA games tonight on as well. We can talk about that. Brewers are back tomorrow as well. They have a 6.05 first pitch, I believe. So the show's going to wrap up a little bit early for the weekend, which would be nice. No complaints for me. Enjoy the games tonight. Enjoy the night off from the Brewers. We'll be back tomorrow starting at 4. Talk to you then.